G'day and welcome to the Machinist Therapy Hotline. We are kicking off 2024 properly after our little catch-up last week, uh, which was sort of on New Year's Eve. Um, so we're, we're trying to spice things up a little bit this year. We're, well, one, we're going to do some podcasts, which is a lot better than what we did last year. Um, but two, we're going to try a few more things and um, yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening again, and I better introduce the team, Danny Rudolph. Hello, hello, I'm wide awake for once. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, different point. Uh, we're actually recording this in, uh, what, 7 o'clock for me, 10 o'clock in the morning for Tony, and 1 p.m. for Danny. So th- this might even be slightly different because we won't be drunk, uh, we'll be <laughs> pr- uh, semi-awake. Um, and I'm currently drinking a coffee, but uh, oh, I better introduce Tony. Tony, are you there? I'm here. Good to see you all. Thank God for that. Okay, without further ado, let's get on with the podcast. Morning, boys. How you doing? Good. Doing good? Good. Busy couple of weeks. Yeah, it's, it's been good getting back in the swing of things after the holidays. It's been uh, it's kind of a good rhythm this new year so far, especially talking to you guys twice in two weeks. Yeah, that, that would be a highlight already, surely. <laughs> well, you, Tony, do you, do you have like a, um, do you guys have, you know, every year on the you know, first couple of weeks of January, there are things that you've got scheduled to do with your machines or do you just sort of go, ah, things just get done when they get done? Pretty much that. Yep. Were you Danny? Uh, I try to do things kind of beginning of each month. If I have like uh, something that's kind of needs needs uh, maintenance or something, I'll, I'll try to do that like first of the month. That that way I can kind of get in the rhythm of changing it. Like uh, HPC filters or something like that. We'll just do them all at once, like beginning of the month kind of thing. What about general preventative maintenance of your machines? <clears throat> do you do you guys try to schedule certain things in you know like you know because you've both got you know considering it's really just you two running your own shops and you've got a substantial amount of machinery how do you how do you do that how do you cope with preventative maintenance or is it even a thing when you're a a hard-working you know small business owner mine probably gets neglected more than it should i mean there's a lot of things that should be done that's you just get pulled in so many different directions that you try to stay on top. One of the things they have learned that's pretty important is with the Swiss machines is that you, you don't want them batteries going dead. So I try to do that the first of the year because I've had to rehome one of my stars twice. And that's it's quite the process. But uh, there was a while where I wasn't using them all the time. And then you're running that and everything is fine. And you turn it on and then it tells you that the, the battery was dead and didn't have enough to remember where it was and that's that's pretty fucked up feeling is that just the axis or do you lose memory and stuff then too just all the axis home spots okay and it's obviously so I, don't do that <laughs> no, I was just about to say is um you know and and also on your on your latest akuma with that p300 controller it has that you know that screen that's got like the maintenance screen and when you click on it, suddenly everything's red because it says, oh, have you checked the lube in the last two weeks? Have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done... Do, do you, have you got that on yours as well? I don't know. Maybe. 
<laughs> that's, 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 that's a good answer. <laughs> oh man! I'll be honest with you. I still don't touch the touch screen. I still push buttons. So whatever. Fair. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I must admit yeah, that's so, a, that's a weird habit where where one of your machines has a touch screen and then you're like uh, you kind of get used to it and you're poking at the other ones that don't have touch screens and yeah, really weird. Yeah. <laughs> Problem is most 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 devices now are touchscreen, right? Like your iPads, your phones, uh, even the TVs have some form of almost like a, a, a wand or whatever. And then you're, you're right, you know, you go to the older, especially on the older Akumas, and you're buzzing around on the buttons. Uh, you switch to a newer controller. You're swiping across, and then you go back, and then you go, "Shit, why is this, the screen must be broken?" And then you realize you it doesn't have a touchscreen. You got to got to button push everything. Yeah, you know, when I first started touching that uh, the new one a couple years ago on the turret, you have a, a plus direction and a minus direction. And when I first started, I go, what is stupid? Why do you have two different directions? But after you use that for so long, then you go to one of the other Akumas and you're going to change an insert and you accidentally go one tool too far by, and you go to reach for the minus button, there's no minus button. So you got to go all the way around again if you <laughs> missed it. It becomes pretty handy if when you have it and you don't realize it until you don't have it. But I thought it was stupid in the beginning, but it's pretty cool actually. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how things change, isn't it? Like when you, yeah. when you, when you're not used to change and then you have it and then you start understanding why that change is probably in implemented. You go, actually, this is a bloody good idea. Fuck. I wish I had this a long time ago because it would have saved a lot of time. Mm -hmm. True. Hey, Danny, I saw uh, last week on your Instagram, you'd posted a picture of you holding uh, a handful of swarf and <laughs> said, this is the swarf of 10,000 pieces. And I, I had to laugh, man, because I, I, for me, that would be drums and drums and, and for probably a lot of people, drums and drums and drums of just swarf. And you've got this little hand Full of, well, I'm, not, I'm not saying you've got little hands, you know, you know, I mean, that might be good for some things, but you know, <laughs> but for when it's got, when he's got the swarf in his hand, I was like, holy shit, that's 10,000 10, pieces. Yeah. Yeah. It was like two weeks, two weeks worth of work. Um, it's just a little, a short little part that I turn the end on and chamfer the ends and cut it off. And, <clears throat> but it's, since it's, it's uh, from hypodermic tubing, so I don't really have to uh, turn whole lot of material off so it's just just turn the end and then feed it out and cut it off so it's not that much uh chips from each part so you can get ten thousand of them in a, in a little bit of have you ever considered possibly purchasing a chip conveyor <laughs> i don't think they make one machine uh but yeah, like i said it was like i don't even clean i don't even open the chip door probably once a week on that machine <laughs> that must be nice yeah hey so <clears throat> i was thinking last week about um i call them values or uh maybe moral compass might be a better a better term when has there been any work that's come your way where you know the final application doesn't fit with you morally for example right let's just let's let's flip it a little bit so danny you know you you make the bits that go into hypodermic needles and whatever. If you found out that they, the end user was, and I'm going to be very extreme here. If you found out that the end user was then using them for killing babies, right? <laughs> would, would, no, no, sorry. I know that's extreme. Like, <laughs> would, 
like would and let's just say for example that particular job was 20% of your work now I mean when you did the maths you'd go oh that means that someone somewhere in the world is killing 20,000 babies but anyway whatever like, let's just pretend if you found out that that's what was happening would you stop making that part oh yeah absolutely um I th I think I think it you know given the position I'm in where we've we've been around for you know 13 years or whatever and establish have an established business it's easy it's easy to turn jobs like that away if you don't have a good feeling about it but um that gets a little dicier when you absolutely need the work and you you know you have bills to pay and then then it does it it seems to be more of a calculation in your head obviously not to the extreme of killing babies but um <laughs> Even, even, um, like stuff like any, any, I don't know, I, everyone feels differently about this, but even like government work, uh, military contract type work, I, I want nothing to do mainly just because I don't agree with 99% of the things the government does, but I just don't want to be involved with them, uh, in any way that I don't need to be. So, um, we never pursued anything like that. And then, uh, even back like during COVID, like that, all that ventilator stuff ended up kind of being a scam and a lot of people made money making parts and then it ended up being not used or the, you know, the ventilators were not helping people get better. So it was like, what, what were we doing? Um, and you didn't know at the time, I guess, but at the same time, you know, a, a little bit of a wait and see might've been beneficial. What if, what if you take on a job then, but you don't, you don't truly know it's final application and then it becomes a really good job. You like, I mean, financially it's pumping funds into the, into the shop. And then, you know, for whatever reason you suddenly get a, whether it be a phone call or an email and go, Hey, Danny, did you realize are those parts that you're making go to, you know, some, some terrible, terrible thing. Like at that point, what, what you know, what's, what are you doing? Like, is that a, can you? Even, I guess I, I know I'm being hypothetical here because you know we haven't done that. But for example, there there would be a long running part that you've got now. But I mean, do you truly know its final application? Uh, yeah. I mean, we we know. I would say, uh, actually, it's a good, it's a good question. I I know kind of generalities of a lot of the stuff we do, but there certainly have been parts that we don't really have any idea what they are. Um, but they may go to a customer that you know is generally a a well-known first thing type cut um so it's it's not that we have to second guess it too much but um i definitely would like to think that we could stop and and get out of something if we knew ultimately it was a it was a bad outcome that we were working towards even if it was good for us okay that's cool so there there is a there's a moral compass there somewhere Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I mean, you know, because everyone. But I guess my point of this question is that you know everyone's is slightly different, right? You know that, and and also circumstances sometimes dictate how far across you're willing to go. And it's an age-old question, I know, but it's well, I, yeah. I, and a lot of that is is you know, are you in a situation where you're willing to do something? because you have needs that need to be met and and you're willing to look the other way on things. And like I said, I have the luxury of not being in that situation at this point. Like we we're good. Like we don't need to um, do any of that borderline stuff because we have bills to pay. So 
Mm. Yeah, that that's a position that allows you to make a little bit more higher level decisions than take take the slightly uh, moral high ground. Yeah, well, and not not to to lord it over anyone, but just because that's the right thing to do. <clears throat> what about you, Tony? In your career, have you sort of hit that 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 moral border where you've gone, ooh, actually, I'm I'm not, I'm uncomfortable with what I'm currently producing, or you just you know, because sometimes also ignorance is bliss, right? If you go, it's a part for something, I don't care where it goes, because you could also argue that, you know, even if you're an auto manufacturer, at some point you might make a part that goes into a car that then someone uses for a terrible, terrible thing. True. Uh, there was this one instance where uh, a friend of mine sent me uh, a part to look at. I turned the guy my way. It turned to be out uh, some bitch fist spikes that ended up freaky people i didn't really know what i was getting myself into and i just kind of sat back and look you know uh some people might think that's a little weird uh some of the spikes ended up going to some pretty cool places some of them might have went to some scary places i don't really know but i just make them shiny <laughs> yeah so when, when you mean like they, they've gone into some yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so gen generally, generally speaking, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Some of them ended up being dudes. I didn't know that, Danny. Thanks a lot. <laughs> no, it's cool. I enjoy making those. I enjoyed seeing some of the people they ended up on. It was, it was weird. It was random, but. Uh, uh, it's fascinating. As far as the other parts I make, I don't know where a lot of the shit goes. You know, I don't. Um, so, I mean, That's like Danny's in a different spot. Like he said, I mean, he's established. He can pick and choose. You know, we're still trying to, me and Katie are trying to drive this thing by ourselves. And, and just about, you know, we're almost to the end of the loan we got to buy out our business partner. And every day is a scary fucking day. So, you know, somebody throws something my way and says, can you do this? And I'll take a look at it and see, and I'm kind of at that spot, you know? So, so, so if somebody come to you and said, Hey, uh, Tony, I, I really want you to make, um, a part of a shooting mechanism for a gun because we're planning to take all of these guns to Uganda and, and kill a thousand people, but we'll pay you $15 million for you to do it. You know, that's a whole nother can of worms because that all just depends on what your beliefs are. You know, I mean, if I don't want to get into the whole gun thing, but if people didn't have guns or some people didn't have guns and some people did, it's this world wouldn't be like it is right now. You, a lot of people wouldn't be free. And so I believe there's a, a spot for that. I, I don't know all the details, but uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, that's a tough one to answer because I mean, I don't know. I, I don't have a real honest answer for that, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. I mean, you know, I believe there's a time and a place where there need to be weapons. Um, and if you're going to make quality parts for them, so be it. But I mean, yeah, if you make them and, and, and people can say, oh, you're going to go take over a country and shoot a bunch of people. Or you can look at it and say, we're making this product to protect our soldiers from being shot at. So that's however you want to look at it. So it's, uh, yeah, like I say, it's a moral dilemma, right? Yeah, it can be. 
Because hmm. I, 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 what made me start thinking about this was I was looking at um, uh, what's the guy called the West Coast Chopper guy, uh, James. James, James, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he makes these like these pistols, and they look like pieces of art, and I'm sure they are really to a lot of people, and I'm sure there are people that collect pieces like that so they can show and still i'm sure they fire them in in a at a range or whatever but then i went oh i wonder how many of these people buy you know pistols like that that actually are oh, i don't know drug dealers or, or something really dodgy you know they're, they're going around and they they you know like you see in the films there's a guy that's got like a super fancy gun uh, but ultimately all he does is murder people now you could argue that he's probably murdering people that are already bad people but you're definitely making something that you know is used for potentially nefarious activities like that like, but you knowingly doing that right you, you got it you, you you're going to be in you go i want to make these but yet that there'll be the collectors and then there'll be the the abusers and i guess that's you don't some, have to be in User, you can be one. You can be one that uses one in self-defense. You don't have to go out looking for a bad time. That's true. That's very I mean, true. Yesterday or the day before, here in Oakland, uh, shit goes on daily in Oakland. But there's a guy that owns a jewelry store. It's been repeatedly robbed, and he had a handgun. Somebody came running in his face with a ski mask and a gun, asking for all of his fucking diamonds, and he just started popping off shots at their fucking kneecaps. And they turned around and got the fuck out. The cops came and said he did the right thing. They took his guns until they processed the whole crime but uh there's a time to defend yourself man or if you don't you're just at the the will of whatever's going to happen to you okay all right let's um let's not talk about killing babies and people anymore let's go to a more to, 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 to a nice started all this shit, honestly. <laughs> so on the, on the flip side so on the flip side of this what's what i know what's, go rogue too and, and knock people the fuck out have you had any problems with that yet uh no that's true no no i have not um that's although good. They, How about, you have to maintain your robot uh not really they're they're actually <laughs> they're pretty they're pretty low maintenance to be fair um most of the most of the automation and robotics that i've been involved in so far they're not really you know autonomous style robotics so the ones that you're talking about i think where they've gone a little bit rogue and you know ripped someone's arm off or whatever are the ones that have <laughs> a certain amount of autonomy yeah, so yeah I'm, I'm sort of glad about that because i'm worried that one of my robots might just suddenly you know press the green button and then go for a, a robotic poo and then come back and all the tools are melted so hopefully that doesn't happen <laughs> so okay on the flip side what's what would then be like the, the the funniest thing that you've been asked to make? Like, is there is someone come in and gone, oh, you know, I really would like you to make, I don't know, a, a, a donkey or a, or a, you know, whether it be a butt plug or something like that. Have you, have you had something that's just a one-off and at the time you thought, oh, this is weird. Like, what's, what's the funniest thing someone's asked you to make, Tony? I don't know that it's funny. I had a guy walk in here who was a photographer who actually brought his ladder in here and wanted me to put fucking wheels on his ladder. So he could. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't really think that was a good idea. And one, I didn't want to do it because if he fell off of it and hurt himself, I didn't want to do it. And so, yeah, I sent That's... him on his. 
So that also comes back to your moral compass piece, right? You thought this guy could possibly hurt himself because he's stupid enough to put wheels on his on his ladder. Yeah, well, I had a guy in here two weeks ago that he brought in his his uh, trailer hitch receiver type. He went from a big size truck down to a smaller Toyota. I wanted to know if I can mill it down to make it fit into this his small Toyota, and it was aluminum. I, yeah, no, I sent him on his way on that one too because last thing I want to do is have him hauling something on his trailer and the fucking hitch breaks and flies over into another lane and kills a family of five. It's, it's yeah, you just got to kind of cover your ass on shit that could go wrong. I, I think. Well, you, what about you, Danny? <laughs> yeah, we don't have, we don't have any walk-ins, which is, is probably a good thing. We don't have a sign out front that says who we are or that we're a machine shop. So we, we keep a lot of the guys with crazy ideas away. I don't think I have anything that's crazy. I mean, I mean, some of the, like we were saying, some of the medical device prototype stuff we do is they explain to you like what it does, and it's kind of like, Ew. like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know about that. But um, like uh, we did, we did some sample parts that uh, I guess when you have um, like heart catheterization, when they go in in your leg and go up to your heart and try to you know clear blockages and stuff, they're <clears throat> they they were coming up with this way of like sealing your, your artery in your leg um, after surgery. And there, we made these little tiny little parts that would go in, would kind of push against on, uh, your leg and on the, uh, on the artery to keep it closed after they made the incision. And I guess like the alternative to that device was that a nurse would stand and like hold, hold your leg, hold pressure on your leg for like an hour and then this device would free them up from doing that. So that was kind of a weird thing. But um, there's all sorts of stuff being thought of. And le- le- like we were saying, you don't always know what it is. But sometimes the customer will explain it to you. And it's kind of crazy. <laughs> what about personally? Have you made, have you, have you sort of made something personally? It's not a paid job. It's just something that you've done for a friend or, or because you wanted to do something nice for somebody. Have you? No, I'm not that nice. i guess unless you're making something that's teeny tiny it's sort of almost pointless right yeah my my stuff's like tied up and i'm i i never i don't know i never take the time to do anything hobby type i'm just not i don't know i do work stuff at work and then i i go home and you know i don't do well and then you do then you're slide sliding around in the snow in your mini truck yeah i was thinking maybe i should get into making mini truck parts or something like that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I must admit, after after seeing your truck, I've just been scowling the internet for all sorts of things like this. And it's like you've got your truck, and then there's that Suzuki one that I sent you. And there's a huge following. Everyone's everyone's out there doing this crazy stuff in these tiny little trucks. I'm like, these are awesome. <laughs> are they are they street legal where you are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Although, I mean, to be fair, they they, they are. I mean, they're built because they're sort of farm vehicles, right? Because they've only got this right. tiny little engine. They're not for open road, you know, highway. Um, but you do see people driving around, um, even in Little River, there's a guy down the road, I think I said before, that has a truck that I've now since realized is the Suzuki version of like your one um, okay. or or vice versa. And yeah, he drives around the hills just picking up his sheep and everything. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, mine's actually registered as an antique. So I'm not, not it's not supposed to be for like daily use, but I can drive it, you know, a couple times a week. And then uh, if I'm going to a car show or something, you can drive it and... So it's it's a little limited, but it's not, you know, no one's gonna So if it's registered as an antique, does that mean it's just it's just saved you money? 
it's just cheaper to run. Like you don't have yeah, to. Yeah, it's yeah. We don't have to do any inspections on it or any registration or anything. So it it is it is cheaper to to have it that way. But they also limit you on. They don't want you driving it every day to work and stuff like. That, so. Yeah, we have a similar thing here. We're not. I mean, there's a there's a. I think there's an antique registration, but we also have uh, farm registration. So yeah, yep. You, yeah, you know, so as long as you're not driving within 50 kilometers outside of your property, you could just drive it around. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. once you start going over there, then they go, oh, obviously you're not, this is not really farm registered because you're nowhere near your farm. <laughs> How do they monitor that though? Do they? Well, I mean, for example, <laughs> yeah. a, pl- a police car pulls you over and you're 100 kilometers away from your farm and it's a farm registered vehicle. They'll go, hmm, unless you've extended your you're right you know i think you'd have to be doing something stupid first of all to get pulled over but which is the same for anything right i mean you could you could probably get away with never registering your vehicle never doing any of those things and the only time you're actually going to be in strife is if you get pulled over because you were probably doing something stupid i didn't know if they did like you know yearly mileage check on like what danny's talking about you know if he's only allowed to drive it a couple days a week or some stuff like that if you had to do an inspection report and they check the miles or something i wasn't sure no they actually uh i just i got the title for it the other day they actually it, it says they uh they didn't record the mileage even on the title when the title was transferred so it's like they don't don't ask wow. doesn't matter yeah kind of crazy wow and how how old does a vehicle have to be to be antique registered 25 years right yeah okay so it's like 90s <laughs> <laughs> That sounds crazy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you wow. and 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 that the vehicles aren't restricted to. I mean, it could be any vehicle. It could be a motorbike. It could be. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, basically anything. Uh, especially like, like the the Japanese import stuff. Um, it it can't be imported unless it's twenty five years old. But then as soon as it's twenty five, you can bring it over and make it an antique, and you can have whatever you want. But if it's twenty four, it's illegal to have it, and you can't. You import it and it's it's kind of crazy but then the following year it would be 25 years yeah it's like game one <laughs> what about your motorbike tony that would probably fall into the same category wouldn't it yeah it's an 83 so yeah it's well well older than 25 years old and you probably you probably ride it within a 50 kilometer radius of your place yeah i think since i've had it running the last couple of years i just now turned over 600 miles on it so wow yeah just goes back and forth to home and lunch and maybe through town, but other than that, I haven't really had a chance to take it anywhere far yet. And, and you, yours is pretty much original, right? You've you've kept yours like it's like it was from the factory. Yeah, the way I got it from the fellow in Florida. Yeah, I mean he did some modification to you know the air filters and and the carbs are are jetted a little bit differently. And but other than that, yeah, it's all stock. Wow, cool, very cool. And you, but have you got any plans to do anything to it? Like, would you make, would you machine something for it? Like something cool, like, or get one of those crash cages from old impact tech. <laughs> no, I'm leaving this thing classic. Like it is, you know, like I say, when I go through town and people hear it and look at it. They're like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? Cause I mean, you know, I don't toot my own horn, but that fucker's in pristine shape. And I've seen a lot of them that year that are, have been set out in the rain. And they're all oxidized and just look like dog shit. And when this one goes through town, people look at it. It's, yeah, it's it catches a lot of eyes, turns a lot of heads. So I don't have any plans on changing anything about that. Um, the car, on the other hand, no, I wouldn't mind making some custom shit for that. Uh, 
it's like I said, I, I bought that in 2012 and it wasn't on non-op, but I thought it was. And I just recently re-registered that thing. That was pretty expensive. But we're talking about uh, once I get my transmission dialed in, it, I it need some help on that. Uh, we were looking at getting insurance on it and Katie checked into it and they're making me take it to a certified auto mechanic that says that it's going to be safe to drive or they won't insure because it's so old and i was like what the fuck is well what do you mean safe to drive well anything over so many years old we have to have it proved that you know not going to fall apart on the street or some shit like that i've never heard of that before but it was kind of different be, like in the states it's quite a there's a large classic car scene right with you know the and your hot rods and all that kind of stuff i guess they all fall into that category where people put these huge <clears throat> you know like modifications to the engines but don't do anything structurally to help the fact that you've got a bigger engine and you know more horsepower going through it so i guess i guess you sort of need to know that it can stop safely and it can do this would that would that be right or well in this case i mean it's the same block and motor that was in it when it was mm. made 64 so i mean sure you can put you know headers or a different intake or a different carburetor on or all kinds of stuff but i mean yeah i i guess people are going to build them differently but I don't know. I think it's California, and I think it's just something else they want to do. <laughs> Everyone's out to get you in California, right? If you oh, like, pe if you like petrol, you you're the devil. Well, at that now, our electricity is going to be. You're going to be adjusted by how wealthy you are instead of how much you use. So if you're making lots of money, then they're going to put you to a different tier and charge you more electricity. And yeah, it's it's a racket, man. This this place is something else. <laughs> Crazy. And Danny, you're you're going to modify your little truck to. Are you going to put lifters on it so it can bounce? Is that is that sort of thing you're going to do? I don't know. I have lots of lots of ideas. I haven't haven't narrowed down on exactly what I want to do yet, but it's it's fun to tinker with. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe you should paint. One. Maybe you should paint it yellow so it looks like a minion. You know, you could put a big eye on the front, <laughs> and then you could be driving. I was thinking about painting like it not not yellow, but I was yeah. <laughs> I paint it like the. What was that? Paint it like the mystery machine, like Scooby-Doo. Yeah, well, I was never a Scooby-Doo guy. I, don't know, I, was, <laughs> I was thinking... Uh, You're not a Scooby-Doo guy. I don't even know. <laughs> He's more like... <laughs> I'm sure Scooby-Doo is actually some sort of... He was a, a weird... Um, anyway, I don't want to get into that. It's morality. <laughs> <laughs> it's, okay, but before we go... Hang on, before we do, go any further... Stop the podcast. Hey, guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does does anyone know where Boomer is? I thought he's making pizza products. And that leads me to today's game. Is Boomer in jail? And if so, what for? <laughs> <laughs> Tony, what's your guess? Why, why is Boomer in jail? Uh, I don't... Uh... I don't know that he'd be in jail. Why would he be in jail? He, would uh, he be able to memes from jail? I think he can send memes from jail, but it, it could be that he's in jail because of the memes that he's sending everyone. That was my guess. I was going to say too many memes. <laughs> maybe, maybe he made an aggressive butt plug and it got to the wrong person. <laughs> Left a burr on it. <laughs> Death from internal bleeding. <laughs> It could be doing time because of that. I don't know. Okay, if he's not in jail, where is he? Tony, what's your guess? Go. I think from what I've seen, 
is he is trying to bust out of the machining scene and become some type of pizza cooking specialist. He's trying to come up with a, a new product that will that will catch on that everybody's going to want and everybody's going to have to try. And he'll enjoy himself making it and making people happy. And therefore, he will feel fulfilled. Whew, okay. Uh, Danny, what's your guess? I don't know. Uh, that, that pizza he made late, was that last week looked, looked pretty good. I promise. And then he did like a pizza roll this week. That looks kind of interesting. Uh, well, I know it bought the products to do that other one again. He's going to cook it longer at less heat. So we should see something here in the next 24 hours. Okay. okay, so 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 so, what we're saying here is that we actually believe that Boomer is going to become the next internet chef sensation. Is is that what we're yeah. saying? Yes. Wow. <laughs> okay, you heard it here first. Let's get on with the podcast. Oh, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Now that Boomer's going to be an internet chef. You know, you, that's a pretty catchy name, Boomer's Pizza. You know, I it does. People- it do, does it not sort of sh- like shoehorn a particular age bracket of people that would eat it? I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, <laughs> Boomer's Pizza Shop. Yeah, I like that. Boomer's Internet Pizzas. Uh, Sh- Shaney Oliver. Maybe we could call him that. Boomer's Pizza and Pub. <laughs> boomers punk rock, punk rock Bo- played on yeah 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 true uh anyway I, i'm sure there's i'm sure he's doing something that he is very much enjoying and uh and i think to be fair it's probably more family orientated than anything else but um we do hope to have him back on here at some point do you do you know did anybody listen to our last podcast uh, i think one person did did they write in what they say uh they said where's shane <laughs> 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 oh, okay then. <laughs> uh yeah there was there was uh, lots uh i don't know a few thousand people from when i last checked so I'd, but no one no one um no one emailed me oh look, quite a few people uh, had contacted to say hey welcome back thanks for you know actually doing a podcast which was kind of you know i think that was a bit of a like cool you're back but mm, you could have been doing more before that so hey whatever <laughs> That's why we're here now. Okay, what's the um, what's what's the week ahead looking like? Because uh, I think the next time we'll meet, we may have a guest on with us. But um, what, what do you got going on this week, Tony? What am I doing this week? Like, like what? Have you, have you, yeah, yeah. What what have you got? Have you got? Are you trying to? Is it like a little something you go? I really want to get this done this week. This is this is a must do for me. This is this is an A on my franklin covey diaried list well i just finished up doing two jobs for parker uh they're both pain in the ass jobs uh jobs that we they won't order they order 25 of this one bow body and they'll order 40 of another and i always make extra to put on the shelf because i mean because they won't do it they won't order 100 they don't believe in putting anything on their shelf but one of them is uh a valve body that we're on my upper turret you know all of the tools for like drilling and tapping and turning and all that shit's on the A side. And then all the internal works on the B side. Well, this part is ran 
the opposite direction because it has to be. So all the internal work's done on the A side and then all the holes and hole patterns on the back side. And that means taking off all the fucking live tools from one side, putting them on the other, and using a coax and indicating every single one in. And it's it's quite a process. It's a full day setup. But anyway, I got those done and off off my plate. And then I got this other stupid one done that there you need t- such high tensile strength for this square stock that we can't find it out on the regular market anywhere. We have to use some of their specialty shit, but they don't make it that size. So I have to turn like. You know, like I, that last job I did, I had to turn one inch or inch and an eighth down, three quarter inch square, and then make parts out of that. I finally got that done yesterday. And so I'm in here today, finishing up, setting up another run of the exhaust tips. I got a part coming off now. Uh, he ordered a thousand and I got an email from yesterday to double up and, and order another thousand. So we're going to run 2000 of those. So I got that set up and I could put a, a, a operator in front of that. And it's aluminum. And so... You don't have to worry about tools and shit going bad, but uh, that's one of the things I needed to get done. And uh, yeah, and then after that, maybe I could put away my Christmas decoration <laughs> on your pallet system. We all love your pallet system. God, I've got. I was telling Danny while you were gone, I've got bins out there. I can hardly walk in the shop and turn the alarm off. There's fucking candy cane, snowman, and stuff everywhere. But yeah, I'm gonna get that put away. But right now we're going through an extreme rainstorm out here. I was just telling Danny too up in the Sierras they had two avalanches this week, one on Wednesday, one Thursday. A couple of skiers got lost. One guy died, but we're getting dumped on pretty good. So once the sun comes out and I can get the forklift out and put all that shit away, that'd be great. That's a must this week. I gotta put away Christmas. Maybe maybe, maybe instead of put maybe instead of putting them away, you actually take them all out and you put them inside the entrance to your to your workshop and it becomes Tony's Grotto. And everyone comes and, and this is where, where this is where the, the magic happens, even though it might be with snowmen and elves. So you're saying Christmas year round? Yeah, fuck it, why not? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> And that's another, and then people would come, people would then, you know, you could look at it as like a, a promotional tool. So you put out your, your, uh, glow in the dark snowmen and your lit up father Christmas. And then at any time in the year, people want to drive around the industrial state and go, wow, let's go and see Tony's grotto. Oh my God. And now I'm here. Why don't I, uh, why don't I get some machine parts? It's a, it's, it's, it's genius. We just have Mariah Carey playing in the background the whole day. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. I feel like that this podcast would be very, very different when we talk to you each week. <laughs> <laughs> I think the guys would probably all walk outside and quit. <laughs> <laughs> and Danny, what about you, man? You've got you got a busy busy two weeks ahead. Yeah, I got a I got a machine that's been running the same job for like two years. Well, basically since we got it, uh, and that job went away. So I got to pull all the tools out and clean it up and it's got little fine chips everywhere that I got to clean out. Started that yesterday, but it's going to be another day or two to pull all the tools out and get it kind of switched around to how I run my other machines. Um, this The job that was on it was kind of really specialized and I had stuff pulled out and different than I normally run. So that one needs to go back. And then uh, I just got a drum of uh, Hangstrippers NG in yesterday. So I got to get that off the pallet and put away. Um, just run production, the rest of the stuff. So, so just thought, so when you that that job that was on that machine for two years, is it that it was the end of a project, or was it that you lost the job to someone else? Um, so it was a new project. So I did a lot of the development work on it. So that part of that two year is like 
uh, we'd run some and then we'd sit and wait for them to be tested. And, and, um, but then the last probably year, 18 months or so we were running full out and, uh, the customer launched the product, um, and it didn't sell as well as they thought. So now they're sitting on all the parts we made the last year or so. Um, and I think it's, I think it's still going okay, but they just ended up ordering too many for what they thought was going to sell. Um, and we made, consequently, we made a bunch. Luckily, you know, they, they bought everything that we made. But uh, yeah, they gave us like a, you know, as many as you can make, we'll take kind of thing. Um, and so we had, we had three machines running that job at one point. Um, and then we were down to two. And that kind of the last six months or so, we were running two. And then, uh, then we got word a couple months ago that it was going to end up, that we'd be pulling off of it. Um, so I got the one machine changed over to make kind of job shop parts, you know, whatever job comes in. Uh, and then this machine, I just let sit, see if like, eh, maybe, maybe it pop back up, but we're going to change it out and, and run other stuff on it. So, um, yeah, it was a little disappointing, but at the same time, you know, you'd rather have, have had those two years of, of work off of it than not taking a project at all. So. Speaking of the Handshippers NG, uh, I've only been using that for about a month. How long have you been using it now, Danny? Uh, I only have it in my in the one machine that does the deep drilling, um, but I've had that in that machine for probably about two years now. Now, did you yeah. honestly notice the difference with it versus the Luscious Red? Um, yeah, for the for the sending the oil through the drill, um, it was a big difference. Like we got so much more flow that it kind of. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we were changing a lot of things trying to get that drilling cycle figured out, but it did seem to get the chips out of there a lot better than the, you know, you'd start up in the morning with the, you know, 5258 and it, it would be kind of thick. And then once the machine yeah. warmed up, it'd be like, oh, okay. But this stuff, it just right. runs, you know, I just turn it on, it runs and, and it warms up. It gets, it even gets a little thinner. So it's, it made a difference, it seems, on that job. Yeah, that, I've noticed that too. I mean, in the morning and you can hit it and it's, just about as thin as it is when it's hot but yeah, yeah the, old, the old red man it take a while to get warmed up and even so on some of the older machines once it did get warmed up then you had to make a few offsets because that shit gets hot it changes everything yeah yeah it really yeah. but uh, no it seems to be running really well in the new akuma too and like i said there was a lot of where i had high pressure system running through my insert drills which made a lot of mist and I don't even really need that now. I'm running it without high pressure on both sides. And uh, yeah, it's been really good for chip control. And so far, Tool Life's been, I, I can't say extremely better because I haven't ran it long enough, but its I think it's going to be. It seems to be pretty handy. And uh, I, the reason I was asking, because uh, I got a message from Coolant Man Mark. He's going to be out in my shop at the end of the month. So it'll be good to see him and uh, maybe grab a couple pictures with him or something. And I don't know, go out and grab a lunch or something. Sweet. Does Mark does Mark also talk to you, Danny? You, uh, I, I have talked to him, um, but I do. I have a different rep on on the East Coast, so uh, I have a guy named Joe that I'll bounce stuff off of at Hank Strippers if I need to. But yeah, I've talked to talk to Mark. He's he's a good dude. And 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 what about Joe? So Joe Joe supports you well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he helped us through that. You know, trying the NG and and getting that set up and. That's really the last time I, I think I talked to him was once we got that kind of figured out. Um, but yeah, that all went really well. Oh, well, shout out to Joe at Hank Stivers. Well done, mate. Boom, boom, boom. (laughs) 
Okay, I think we've reached uh, the end of the podcast today. Um, thanks, Tony and Danny, for catching up. It's been been good. Uh, next time, we're probably going to be having a guest on. So we'll we'll let everybody know uh, nearer the time who that might be. It could be Boomer and his pizza. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> if, if he gets out on, on time or not, right? Maybe he'll be out on probation or parole. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Uh, cool. Okay, so uh, big thank well, you just, to just, just for the record, you're the one that put him in jail, Jody, not me or Danny. All right. No, that that's true. That's true. And <laughs> and of course, just to just to put the record straight as well, of course I was joking. There's no way he's uh, in jail. You know, uh, <laughs> just in case someone out there believes that I think that he's in jail when I know he's true. not. All right. Cool. I don't know. Um, okay. Big thank you to Tony Klauser. Thank you. <sighs> big thank you to. Danny Rudolph. Thank you, Jody. Thanks for scheduling us so I can stay awake. Yeah, uh, you're more than welcome <laughs> for that. And I think this time works well, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll maybe do this again. I think at this time. What do you reckon? Sure. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So thanks everybody, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Later. Bye. <laughs>